the New Media Consortium. The NMC is a consortium of more than 200 leading colleges, universities, museums, corporations, and other learning-focused organizations dedicated to the exploration and use of new media and new technologies. to NMC Conversations. This is the sixth in our series of chats with uh, Alan Levine, Rachel Smith, and myself. Today we want to talk about the New Orleans Regional Conference that we just had, but before we do that, I want to uh, to welcome uh, both Rachel and Alan. How are you all doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm actually enjoying a cup of Café au lait from Café du Monde right here in my home. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm into the spirit of things. <laughs> How perfect. I should go get <laughs> My green and white striped hat. And we should uh, just like sprinkle sugar all over our desk. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah go get the confectioner's sugar and uh, and then uh, pile it on my keyboard. I have a, a you know cafe du keyboard. <laughs> we don't recommend that. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we've been doing regional conferences now for the, the past three years, and it's really been a remarkable arc. We had the uh, the first one, well, the very first regional that, that ever happened in the NMC was up at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and um, that was uh, back in the in the late 90s, a remarkable conference in and of itself. And then there was a period of time when um, when there weren't any regionals for a while. And we began doing regionals again in 2005 with uh, with a conference at Yale that actually launched our our gaming initiative at the NMC. It was it was quite a remarkable conference. Last year we were at Trinity and uh, really focused on new scholarship. So we had quite a few um, really engaging sessions around that topic. And this year we really focused on the idea of storytelling. And so the the regionals have always been a way for us to kind of dig down into a topic or an area of interest in, in some depth, and that certainly did happen in New Orleans, didn't it? Absolutely. It really did. You know, Tulane was such a perfect place to hold this conference. The, the people were just so friendly and welcoming. As a setting, it was just such a special place to be. The, the building we were in, as you know, was brand new, and I think, Larry, you got the hard hat tour the last time you were there, right? I did, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really but turned it out like, nice. Gorgeous space, yeah, perfect for for the kind of things that we were doing. Just that drive through some of the neighborhoods, you know, from the hotel. Oh, down St. Charles, yeah. Yeah, where you could, you know, you could still see signs of, of some of the Katrina effects. But just for me, not really having seen that part of New Orleans before, uh, the variety in architecture uh, was just, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, mind-boggling. And then the Tulane campus is, is just spectacular. Yeah. yeah, well, of course, that whole area had special meaning for me because my daughter was married right at, at Loyola next door um, in the cathedral there. And we, we rode the streetcars up and down St. Charles uh, as part of that celebration. So it, it's nice cities, New Orleans. Really, really a lot of uh, a personal connection to the city for me. For the conference, the fact that it's a, a small conference uh, in many ways is, is a plus, not, not a detriment because of the kind of interactions you can have you can pretty much almost meet everybody there if you try and ironically um, I have some colleagues you know I work in 
Scottsdale, Arizona. I've got good colleagues at Arizona State University, and I didn't really get a chance to talk to my friends, uh, Ruby, and unfortunately Sam couldn't make it, um, and some others from their department. Uh, I had to go to New Orleans to talk to them, but it was great. We had some great conversations, and that that kind of typifies, you know, you know, there was good space between the sessions uh, to meet new people and talk about, you know, either your work or, you know, what was going on at the sessions. Yeah. You know, a highlight for me was it started right off at the beginning of that conference with the opening keynote by, by Nick Spitzer, who, of course, is a does a radio show on, on National Public Radio. And so he's a phenomenally excellent speaker. Um, but more than that, his his understanding of the history of New Orleans and the the uh, the impact of uh, the jazz and and art on the culture of the city is is probably unmatched by anyone. He's just tremendously knowledgeable about it, and his keynote address used the music and vintage photographs from uh, from his archives to really set up um, the importance of what he called cultural continuity. Um, and and that's the theme that I, it resonated with me through the whole conference. It still resonates through to me today. And of course, it it's very important to the folks in New Orleans as they, as they really uh, work on bringing the city back. But I think it's important to all of us. And, and I'm I, I got the sense in the crowd that that others felt the same way, but it it really did open up the the conference. Don't y'all don't y'all agree? Absolutely. It was impactful for me. I, I remember resonating with with a small piece where he talked about um, you know the musicians and, and their sort of skills and background, but the fact that they come from this background of learning a craft at age five, so they were um, you know builders or, or welders or electricians. Plasterers. Yeah, the plaster stories. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't look at the buildings the same way after I heard that. Yeah, no, I didn't I always either. saw the plaster and thought about the people that had done that. Yeah, I can imagine the whistling that went on on those job sites. It must have been pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, you know, one of the many people who went out and bought the um, CD of the music that he had that benefits yeah. Habitat for Humanity. I listened to that on the plane ride home. I think I listened to it three times. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that music a lot. Yeah, really good stuff. And then um, uh, I I had a treat to be able to um, introduce uh, Susan Jenkins for the lunch keynote. And like like Nick, you know, who spoke with basically just um, his words and music and uh, pictures, no bullet slides. Um, Susan just talked, and and she was marvelous talking about um, the work she's doing with the um, Thelonious Monk Institute. It's more or less a graduate program for um, jazz musicians. That's Really, a lot about you know culture and, and really continued that arc that uh, mm-hmm. Nick started. Right, and, and I was like, you know, if I had an ounce of music skill, I would love to be in this program. Yeah, well, they they send the 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 students out into the schools, as as folks know, in public education programs like um, you know music and and in the arts are increasingly underfunded, uh, and so it's a really nice strategy to get really high level musicians out into the community and into the schools to to help kids you know get that that uh, passion early and and she talked about you know almost some of the same things that, that Nick did about you know some of these classic musicians who was it ironing board Sam who who plays a keyboard <laughs> right. mounted on an ironing board stuck inside a giant fish tank um <laughs> And that's all she said. So I'm I'm curious to learn. I went back and Googled him, and 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 I was just enthralled by this. You know, I just imagined the stories that would flow from that. And at the same time, 
she talked about weaving all this um, with um, kind of web 2.0 technologies so um, she's got an amazing program and, and I'm anxious to follow what goes on down there yeah yeah you know and then uh, it, the, it just continued all through the conference and then the closing keynote by Michael Meisel Nelson was just um, so moving he's uh, as you know, from the University of New Orleans, and he's with the Hurricane Digital Memory Bank, which is an online database of personal stories from Katrina and Rita. And they're just, they're stories that are, they cover every human emotion. There's hope, there's triumph, there's loss, and it, it's just these little facets of what it's really like, what it was really like for people. And taken together, they give you this picture of the humanness of what people went through. And uh, really remarkable. For those of you who, who haven't seen it, it's at hurricanearchive.org. And uh, Michael just was good enough to share how it, how it has moved him personally to be working with these stories. And just the, the breadth of it was, was pretty incredible. You know, the list kept going on and on about the different sort mm. of collections yeah. that they've developed there. It's yeah. an amazing resource. Yeah. That theme of personal story um, really was the thread that, that connected everything in the conference. I think it started with the opening keynote. It went through the conversations with Susan, Ironing Board, Sam, and, and you know, into Michael's uh, keynote at the beginning. But it also permeated all the sessions in quite a dramatic way. Um, for me, one of the sessions that, that really uh, stuck out was Bill Schubert's session. He's up at the University of Maryland in Baltimore County, and they're doing a remarkable project with senior citizens up there to, um, to capture their digital stories, and they've gotten quite a bit of, of external support. So these are really, I mean, they're broadcast quality. Uh, little little vignettes, and he uh, he played uh, more than a dozen during the session. There was one that really stuck out of uh, a woman who uh, was born and raised in the in the UK, and she uh, married over there. Her husband was killed um, in a in an air battle uh, over the Sea of Japan, and and there was very little information about it. Years later, her son became interested and learned Japanese and went to Japan and actually met the family uh, of the pilot that shot him down. Wow. And the two families came together after that in this uh, amazing... It's, it, uh, <laughs> it, it, it touches me just to remember the, the video, but um, you know they came together in this reconciliation that, that was captured in this four-minute video so eloquently. And you think about what an amazing story that is, um, and and it's so wonderful that an institution like like UMBC can can be out there to facilitate this kind of thing. And so it was, it was a remarkable session. Wow, I think my heart just skipped a beat listening to that. Yeah, that, you know um, the the different ways that people use to tell stories was um, also a major theme, as well as the stories that people are telling. And one of the sessions that really um, captured my interest was Ruben Puentadura's session on webcomics and storytelling through webcomics. And he talked about the history of webcomics and how they started and how they are now. And he showed different types of webcomics and explained how you can use this for storytelling, even if you don't have any artistic expertise at all. He showed methods and tools that you know you can put together a comic, using clip <laughs> remember, art, and yeah, the, I remember the one, the one the, with all the pictures were the same in every in every one of the series of of stories. Right, and only the text <laughs> changes exactly, and um, you know, and Ruben's just got such a good sense of humor anyway that 
I think he was the perfect person to talk about that. But I really, really enjoyed that session. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I, it's just like sometimes you go to something and your mind gets open to a whole new genre that you didn't even know existed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was going to talk about that session, but um, I also had a great time um, sitting in on uh, Joe Lambert's uh, Story Circle uh, session. And, and I've, you know, I've known Joe for years. We've worked with him on projects. Uh, I worked with um, faculty when I was at Maricopa, you know, who were teaching digital storytelling. So I kind of always was on the kind of supporting end of, of some of this work. And I, I wanted to sort of experience, because um, I haven't yet gone to one of uh, Joe's workshops, uh, what goes on. And, and the story circles are, are so integral to that process that helps people uh, find their story, um, they work as a group activity, and they get a lot of feedback. And um, again, just watching Joe work with people is a real uh, learning experience for me because he he just connects so well, and he's got this almost infinite bag of of tricks and things that he pulls out of his back pocket mm. um, that seem so genuine and in the moment. So he, he he had the group introduce themselves, which was very basic. But we did this exercise where we had to write on one side of a card. Um, Ten in one word, uh, ten things we love, and on the opposite side, uh, ten things that we hate. And a couple people had to read them off. And the point was, um, people had to identify which one of those was really kind of stuck out of them as like being odd for being on that list. And, and that becomes a springboard for um, generating uh, a story idea. And he talked about how that plays out uh, in his storytelling workshops. So. Um, it, it was just marvelous. Um, you know, this wasn't a presentation. This was uh, an activity, but we learned so much about this uh, story circle process. Mm. You know, the Rubens and, and Joe sessions both, um, in a way, were getting at the same thing, which is how do you boil a story down to uh, the atomic level so that you're really distilling the essence of the the pure story out of it and letting the uh, the chaff, if you will, fall away in the process. They take very, very different approaches, but um, you know, it, it, they both get there. And uh, so it was nice to, to think about story in that way. You know, we had uh, some fun times in the evenings too. It wasn't, we, we did learn a lot, but we also, uh, we also got to have some fun. And one of the high points for me was going to um, the uh, Tulane's president's residence on the campus, which is a, a glorious, spectacular antebellum mansion, um, and um, spending spending time in all of that history with the art and the furnishings and, and really everything in the home, um, telling a, a story that, that reaches back into the 1800s, really a, a wonderful event. And the, the jazz band that was uh, Tulane faculty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Were they good or what? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, um, the, also the video that the folks at Tulane uh, produced um, all about the history of the house and uh, being used for uh, sets and uh, was it Runaway Jury that was uh, filmed there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I was, uh, I was just actually going to ask, uh, ask you to maybe talk about, you know, what we did the next take. Uh, Thursday. Oh, man. <laughs> that was. Now that's going to that's gonna go down in history. This was the NMC second line. And for those of our listeners who aren't familiar, the second line is a New Orleans tradition, and it involves a marching band, which is the first line, right? And then the marching band plays music and marches, and then the people are behind the marching band, and they're dancing, waving handkerchiefs as they go along behind it. 
And second lines are used in New Orleans for all kinds of celebrations, like funeral processions will start with a sort of a dirge all the way to the, uh, to the cemetery, and then after the body is interred, the second line leads the people away again, but the music is much more upbeat, and it's a celebration of the person's life, just how wonderful life is. And so ours was very much a celebration of life and of being in New Orleans and of music and art. Yeah. And the, our host, Derek and, and Marie, really did a fantastic job of laying out the tradition of second lines. And uh, this, uh, this is another moment where you know, the conference and its setting had a personal touch for me because we did one at my daughter's wedding and, and, uh, and you know, we had a horse and a carriage. And anyway, the, some of them are quite elaborate and, uh, and it was a lot of fun. We had, uh, had some special little uh, props that, that helped us do that. One was the the Tulane folks printed up special hankies for us that uh, had not only a, uh, you know the logo of the conference and the Florida de Lee of New Orleans, but also the tag cloud of all the themes that were that were part of the event is really kind of cool. That was brilliant. <laughs> and, and then, of course, um, the little surprise thing oh, that, topper, that you got, yeah. Larry, the umbrella. <laughs> or yeah. I don't know how you describe that in a podcast because you need to see the picture. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to put a photograph of it on the. Uh, there on, is. Uh, Site, there yeah. are photos up on on the Flickr site. On, oh, on that's Flickr. right. Yeah, in fact, there's Flickr. nearly 800 photos from the conference on the Flickr site. Um, you know, with the the tag, the uh, that whole idea of tagging uh, websites and and photographs and all of that related to NMC events. That's that's really taken off. That was a a great idea, Alan, to do that. And uh, we got a lot of resources at this conference as a result. Absolutely, and then we um, the, we we marched uh, basically across the campus to uh, the art gallery where we had our, our reception, um, and uh, we we got you know not only some good food and and drink etc. But we had a chance to see some uh, special exhibits. Uh, one downstairs that was all um, uh, video and media art, and there there was one in that that right um, gallery. I don't know if you saw it. It was basically three projections, and it was. Um, three oh, women. Yeah. It was one woman actually, but she played three different parts and more or less going through her daily routine. And they all sort of did the same thing. They picked up their spoon with their right hand. They dipped it in their cereal bowl. But occasionally one was just a little out of sync. Mm -hmm. um, and then they would switch scenes. Um, it was just an amazing. Um, yeah, one time, one, one, you know, one screen she was in like Red Rocks, in yeah. the Utah desert, and the next she was downtown in the middle of the city, and you know, the other one in a field somewhere. Yeah, they would switch them. Yeah, doing exactly the same thing. And then um, upstairs they had the um, multimedia exhibit uh, curated by um, Derek. And uh, s some fabulous uh, multimedia art uh, was done up there. Yeah. My favorite piece in that one was the uh, the projection that went down at the intersection of the floor and the wall with the, with the, the yeah. and the falling yeah. petals that fell onto the yeah. floor. Just a little tiny little little thing. It was so beautiful. And I like the one that had the um, like the the boom microphone. It would pick up conversation um, ambiently and do some sort of remixing, so you would hear it later. It was almost <laughs> like um, um, the whisper box that we have in Second Life, oh, yeah. to some yeah. degree. Uh -huh. And the biological art, the one with the with the tank, the little glass vase that had the uh -huh, mud right. and water in it, yeah. bacteria, and yeah. then the Derek, overlay that would let the light through. Derek was telling me that they actually climbed up on the roof of that because there was a skylight above that gallery, and they mask off uh, some of the windows so that they had exactly the optimal life for uh, light rather for that uh, wow. culture culture <laughs> to grow in there. So the the just the the 
depth that the Tulane folks went to make everything be perfect for us, uh, it was just remarkable. I mean, they, they, Derek and Marie and Ann and, and um, Shelby, you know, Sheldon just did a fantastic job. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, and then um, Rachel tapped me on the shoulder. She said she found something in a stairwell. It's it started with a sign. Um, so so what exactly? What, what yeah, what happened, Rachel? Well, I found I found a sign taped to a closed door, and the sign said, "The graffiti project is over. Please do not draw on the walls." And I thought, well, that's you know, I, I like the sign. So I'm taking a picture of the sign, and Derek Cohen comes over and he says, "Well, what are you taking a picture of?" And I said, "This." This sign, which I thought was really cool, and he said, "Oh, you think the sign is really cool? Look at this!" And he opens the door, and it opens onto the stairwell, the building stairwell, which is you know four stories tall or whatever. And every inch of the walls and the handrails and the pipes that are in there is just covered with layer on layer of brilliantly colored graffiti art. And it was just—it was a project that they had where the students would come in and, and paint something in graffiti, and then the next one would come in and you know, would work into that and over it and overlay it, and the whole stairwell, every inch was covered. Yeah, they really I, got I into it. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. finally had to say, please stop painting the building. Right. <laughs> right. We're done now. And the, there are photos of this on Flickr. They don't do it justice, but, you know, they'll give you an idea. And they're tagged with the conference tag, NMC 2007 Reg, and they're also tagged with the word graffiti. So you can yeah. find just those ones. But the, yeah. It's just really amazing to be in that space and see well, it was pink. That's <laughs> what I remember. It was pink. Yeah. Well, I tell you, we really got to experience. I think the 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 really vital parts of of New Orleans. And you know, one thing that I carried home with me from that entire experience was was just such an appreciation for um, the the spirit of that city and and the, how deeply important it is to the people there. And of course, we got to to see both the parts that that mostly we saw the parts that had been uh, restored, the tourist districts, and you know the the garden district uh, were largely unaffected in the first place, and they 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 look pretty normal now. But through the the talks and and the comments of the local folks there and the hosts, we also got a sense of of, uh, of the challenge in the city. There was a, a panel session of folks who had been uh, activists really who had begun blogging uh, right in the middle of the uh, of the catastrophe in fact some of them were the only real news sources that were coming out and those people have continued to work over the two years since then to uh, to try and help rebuild the city and they they run into to you know considerable challenges along the way as anyone who reads the paper knows um, but I, I just was struck by by one of hundreds of stories that that kind of came up in those and similar conversations of how do you have internet in in a situation like that and this one guy on the panel uh, worked in the shipyards and there was a cruise ship there that everyone was evacuated from but the cruise ship had satellite internet and so he actually ran a wire from the cruise ship down the street into the neighborhood so the neighborhood could have internet access for news for uh, be able to get word out to the internet uh, and communication is just I was just thinking you know, that's a real that guy really belongs to be in the NMC that's the kind of stuff that <laughs> that, uh, that we all resonate with just that that let's let's uh, let's get this done and so it was it was really all in all, a, a really, really remarkable experience. And Alan talked at the beginning of this talk. We're 
we're coming to the end now about driving into the city and seeing you know the the buildings that will never be restored juxtaposed to the ones that have been uh, lovingly restored and and that kind of discontinuity there was uh, apparent whenever you took the time to go around a, a corner um, you you could see it and so you know as I think about the 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 big picture of the conference it it really was about the importance of story, the importance of uh, collective memory and of a shared sense of, of culture. It came through in this event in uh, a most powerful and compelling way for me. And so I'm, I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to go there. Closing thoughts, folks? I just, I love New Orleans. I, <laughs> I love the, the city and the art and the music and the food and the people. It was wonderful. Yeah, we had to leave early um, to get back right after the conference, but uh, a large group of people stayed. And uh, Alan, you want to tell us a little bit about what happened uh, on Friday afternoon? And and uh... absolutely. Uh, but I just wanted to add a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I know. You know, when I followed the Katrina news, my I, at one point I had like this knee-jerk reaction. Also, somewhat being a geologist, well, you know, you've got this major city. It's built below sea level. It's held, you know, secured by um, some crumbly (laughs) levee, mounds of dirt. It's like, you know, well, you know, maybe there shouldn't be a city there. And, of course, people say that often about Phoenix, where I live. You know, you don't need a modern city in the middle of a desert (laughs) with millions of people and no water. So who am I to say that? But having been there and really um, tapped into um, through the presenters and people we talked to, um, how rich and deep mm. that culture is. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never have that thought again. And um, that that really resonated. The you know, two days after I got back, I got a we got an email from uh, Joe Lambert, um, who had gone out on the tour um, with the Tulane, where they um, I think they called it the um, the Desolation Tour, or the uh, and they basically drove through some parts of the city that were still um, you know not rebuilt quote unquote um, still showing signs of the devastating effects yeah the ninth the ninth ward in in places that'll never be rebuilt yeah and um, Joe shared he had um, taken some still images and he uh, he went home and, and he did a digital story on this using his voice um, and, and some wonderful music and, and it was a real treat because uh, as Larry and I were talking the other day uh, usually when Joe does his presentation he nearly always uses other people's stories because he wants to showcase the work they do yeah. and um, to see um, Joe's own um, story uh, which is posted on YouTube and will um, be putting on the NMC conversation site uh, with this podcast uh, it, it was just such a, a fitting way um, to, for me to kind of wrap up that, that whole New Orleans experience. Yeah, I, I recommend the video to, to everyone. Absolutely. And so, so we've uh, we've run a little long on this particular podcast, but it was such yeah. a remarkable conference. I think it was worth doing, um, and uh, there was just so much to tell. Uh, I want to thank uh, you, Rachel, for for being part of this conversation. Of course. And, and I'm Alan. now at the bottom of my cup of cafe au lait, so that's the timer. <laughs> that's the timer. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So, you know, and uh, did, did you get the box of beignet mix uh, with that? <laughs> I, I'm going to. I haven't yet, but I'm going to. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, so thanks to, to you as well, Alan, for uh, for your comments and stuff. And let's go ahead and wrap NMC Conversations number six up. Um, and thank you for being here. All right. Goodbye. Thank you, Larry. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to this new Media Consortium podcast. You can learn more about the NMC and access more content at our website, www.nmc.org.